The following program is sponsored by the National Prayer Chapel. judgment greater than anything you've ever known it won't be long your life will pass by as a vapor and you will stand before the judgment seat of God and every secret deed and thought Every wrinkle, every spot will be in view Before the one who knows all things The Lord of Lord and King of Kings You know the one you never knew While you have breath You have a choice to make in life Turn away from your sin And believe on the risen Christ You can find peace in Him From the judgment that's to come He is the shelter from the coming storm All creation shakes at the mention of his name. He has power over life and death. Every knee will bow and tongue confess. Heaven and earth will proclaim that Jesus Christ is Lord. To the glory of the Father will you bow, will you surrender to His majesty. He can save you from the might of all your sin. This is a fight in which He stands in perfect victory while you have breath. have a choice to make in life turn away from your sin and believe on the risen Christ you can find peace in him from the judgment that's to he is a shelter from the coming storm While you have breath You have a choice to make in life from all your sin and believe on the risen Christ you can find peace in him from the judgment that's to come He is a shelter from the coming storm. He's the only shelter from the coming storm.
where we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Ephesians 6, verse 12. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. The battle is not between human beings. You see, there are two realities. One, the reality that we all know in the physical realm. That is where secular humanism rules the day. Then there is this spiritual realm that is much larger and much more powerful than the physical realm. And in that spirit realm, you have light and you have darkness. And both realms are in every every way possible trying to bring their darkness into the physical realm or their light into the physical realm. It is a spiritual battle. This is a reality. If you deny this reality, you are at the mercy of the powers of darkness, the principalities, the demons. The demons have a very clear objective, and that is to destroy you, to cause you to die. On the other hand, the kingdom of Jesus, the kingdom of light, is in every way based on your decision and your will to bring you into the light of glory. Because God loves you. I've seen firsthand, and I've read firsthand reports from many of you of the struggle that you are having with demons. Let's pray. Lord, I'm asking that the light of heaven would come and pierce the darkness of every heart that every discouragement would be banned, destroyed, every hopelessness cast down. For you are not a God of hopelessness. You are a God of mercy and grace and love and light. You are the rescuer of the perishing. You are the hope of the dying. I pray, Lord, as we look at this today, that you will touch our hearts and open our eyes, and fill us with hope. Thank you, Lord. Amen. One person who came to try to be a Christian prayed and prayed, and the more he prayed, the more he felt that God left him, until finally he concluded that it's hopeless that nothing can help. There's no hope for him. He then thought of suicide. But he didn't want to end his life because he knew the truth that on the other side lay heaven or hell. He doesn't want to go to hell. But God has left him. Well, how did that come about? The very worst sinner God has not left. But the devil comes with his demons. Who are the demons? Just very briefly, I'm not going to go into a biblical intellectual understanding of who demons are. Demons are disemboweled spirits from many years ago. They're not. Angels. There are rebellious angels, but demons 
or disemboweled spirits. That means they do not have a body. They want a body because at one time they had a body. But now they want to inhabit people and accomplish their task of destroying every person who would even begin to look to the light. So what should this man do? Well, first of all, he's going to have to recognize that the devil wants to kill him. And the devil's going to come with every possible argument. God has left you. Lie. You can't be saved. Lie. You might as well give up. Lie. You might as well just kill yourself. Lie. Demons come with every lie. That is who they are by nature. They are liars. This man can be delivered from those lies. But he's going to have to press into Jesus. And he's going to have to take a stand by faith with no evidence in the physical realm that he is loved by Jesus because the scriptures say he's loved by Jesus. We don't base our relationship with Jesus on how we feel. We base it on the word of God. I advise this man to carefully read the book of 1 John, letter by letter. Now, let's take it another step. There is such a thing as demon possession. But more often, that is the end root of what happens in the person's life. The devil doesn't move in with his demons in one fell sweep. He comes step by step. And we can take a stand in the blood of Jesus against a demon, only to have that demon move to another position. I speak with many people through the years, and they say very forthrightly to me, I have a demon. I have demons inside of me. Many times, demons run in the families. Dad, sexually unclean, abused his daughters, abused other little children. Demons come. Demons, by their very definition, are called in Scripture unclean. Meaning, those demons will cause you to be filthy dirty. And usually, in a way that it is sexual in nature. I heard a pastor say, it doesn't matter what a husband and wife do together if they're married. Go ahead and just pleasure yourself. He was a liar. He was speaking words of the demonic realm. God hates all sexual indecency and uncleanness. Now, some of you are going to be very offended, but I'm going to be straight with you. There are certain sexual behaviors that are much worse than others. Sodomy being one of the very worst. A wife came to me and said, Pastor, my husband is demanding that he be free to sodomize me because we just had a baby and he can't enjoy his sex. That's totally demonic. What is this man thinking, that he is entitled to his pleasure using his wife as some animal? It's unclean. It's wicked. Another very common thread that's even being taught in our grade schools is oral sex. It's wrong. 
It's unclean. It's indecent. It is a door being opened for demons to come into that person's life. On the other hand, bitterness and anger, selfishness, pride, these two are doors through which demons can begin to enter into a person's life. Recognize that when a person has been very unclean in his sexual life, fornicating with many women, when he has been unaccountable, and then suddenly he begins to have great conviction that what he's doing is wrong, the demons will say, okay, not a problem. Let's let's move over now and make you super religious. Let's give you all of the wonderful information you need to be a super Christian. But on the other hand, you're going to be very argumentative. You're going to be defensive. You're going to be fighting with your husband, fighting with your wife, never submitting never having a humble heart, always in the competition to be somebody. These are all demon influences. I'm not saying they're demon-possessed. I'm saying that's the natural outworking of the demonic. They come on cat's paws into the life of a man or a woman through lust, through pride, To ego, and they torment. They torment a person. I spoke with a person recently. They quickly and easily acknowledge they have demons in their life, but they love their sin. They love their idolatry. They love their alcohol. They love their comfortable lifestyle. They love and worship their money or their dog or their cat. And the demons say, great, we can help you with that. What they don't understand is demons are progressive. You see that in the nation of America. It's like a vile sewer suddenly exploded up out of the out of the city block and began to spew forth and vomit forth the evil vile stench of war, of anger, of bitterness, of cheating, of lying, of murdering. And then the next step is, you're not a man or a woman. You're whatever you say you are. There are many genders. And the lie progresses and says, okay, cut your breasts off. Even of young girls, cut your breasts off. Cut your sexual organs off. You're not a boy. You're not a girl. You're this or that. That's happening in America as America's youth are being destroyed. It it just astonishes me that churches are going along with this wickedness. It is a demon possession that has moved in and taken over the pastor of that church. Think of one pastor. Andy. Andy Stanley. A very popular pastor in Atlanta, Georgia, has established a very prosperous and large congregation and has now brought the rainbow flag into his church. 
brought demons into his church. Breaks my heart. What I see happening in America is stubbornness and rebellion, fighting, bitterness and anger and sexual uncleanness of of every stripe. It's even embarrassing to talk about what sinners do in private. It's embarrassing for me to even speak of this. We need to be delivered from our demons. I want to show you in Scripture some powerful words about these demons. In Mark, the fifth chapter, Jesus begins to speak with his disciples about crossing the lake in their boat. As they get out on the other side, they are met by a man with evil spirits. He comes running from the tombs because demons love death. We have become in America a death culture. This man actually lived homeless in the tomb. No one could bind him anymore. There was a time when this man could be bound. I want to say to you again, demonic possession and demonic influence is progressive in your life. And if you recognize that you are argumentative, that you are constantly striving to be the greatest, when you pass judgment and pretend to be righteous, those are all evidences of the demonic presence in your life. And if you don't deal with it, it will slowly slip its fingers around your throat and it will finally strangle you to death. And you will be powerless to fight against it. This man was not even to be bound by a chain. He had become totally possessed. A chain could not hold him. He would tear it apart with his bare hands. But now, comes running. He has no control over his speech, but he still has control over a portion of his body. And he sees Jesus coming from a distance. And the demon in him recognizes that this is Jesus, the the Son of the living God. And so he runs to Jesus. This is found in Mark, the fifth chapter. He falls on his knees in front of Jesus, and he shouts at the top of his voice, What do you want with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? Swear to God that you won't torture me. Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. Living naked in a graveyard with no regular food. Is that not torture? But to the demon, it was a place of pleasure. What do you want with me, Jesus, son of the Most High God? Swear to God you won't torture me. Jesus has said to him, Come out of this man, you unclean spirit. Jesus asked him, What is your name? My name is Legion, he replied, for we are many. And he begged Jesus again and again not to send them out of the area. A large herd of pigs 
was feeding on the nearby hillside. The demons begged Jesus, send us among the pigs. In other words, we're unclean. Send us to the unclean beasts, the pigs. Allow us to go into them. And he gave them permission. And the evil spirit, they all came out and went into the pigs. The herd of about 2,000 in number. I guess each demon wanted their own pig. The pigs rushed down the steep bank and into the lake and were drowned. Did I mention demons love death? Demons intend to kill you. If you know you have demons in your life, you need to act very quickly in obedience to the commands of Jesus, not the commands of the comfortableness that the demon wants, not to the relationships that the demons will come and argue through and tell you you're crazy, don't do this, you're wrong, you'll be uncomfortable, you will fail. Those are all lies of the devil. Don't believe them. But we want to believe our demons because demons are tied to what we enjoy. Alcohol, nice lifestyle, our lust for money, our lust for possessions, our lust to be recognized and be important and someone to be sexually involved with. Some of you, even as I speak this to you today, you're shacked up with somebody you're not even married to. And you think that that's okay. Because, hey, we love each other. Right, you love each other as you take each other into the hell. As the demons control your lives. No. Demons hate you. And they want to bind you with what will pleasure your heart. Several... Several days ago, two weeks in fact, I fell down the stairs. And I got pretty well broken up. I can't use my right leg. As you watch this video, if you're observant, you'll see that I'm doing this video with a lot of pain. It's true. I'm praising God for for what's happened to me. I asked Jesus to do whatever he had to do to bring me into a new place of the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. And some of you have said to me, Oh, Pastor, we're praying for your healing. I thank you for that. But it's not healing that I want. It's the fullness of the Holy Spirit. And the Lord asked me, Would you rather I heal you, or would you rather I fill you with the Holy Spirit? I said, Oh, Lord, fill me with the Holy Spirit and leave me broken necessarily. Whatever you want. See, I don't don't want the comfortable. I don't want the easy. I'm in a battle for my life against the powers and principalities, and powers of darkness. I'm in a, in a battle for life. My goodness, I'm, I'm 77 years old. 77-year-old men are not supposed to fall down the stairs, last I checked. But I would rather have the pain that would drive me to Jesus instead of a lukewarmness that allows me to kind of coast through in the comfortableness that I've created for myself. I want the comfortableness of the Holy Spirit's full indwelling power so that I have authority to cast demons out of people's lives. I've met very seldom any person 
who has been able to exercise any authority with demons. They seem to come and go as they wish. We have to deal with these demons. They... I'm real shy of saying this. But the demons inhabit the American church. They inhabit many pastors who stand up and preach smooth words to God's people and never convict or confront with sin. Demons have captured the American church. And I'm crying out to God, if it takes a broken leg, if it takes a a smashed hip, if it takes whatever it takes to wake me totally to the cry of the heart of Jesus, that's what I want. Will he heal me? I'm not asking him. I'm asking him to fill me with the fullness of the Holy Spirit. And if, as a part of that Holy Spirit infilling, he needs to heal me to accomplish the work that he wants to accomplish, then heal me, please, Jesus. But I don't want to be lukewarm, and I don't want to be comfortable in any influence of demonic powers that have taken over America and that have taken over the church. I don't want that. I don't want the the dry intellectualism. I don't want the dry doctrine. I don't want the false religion. I want the real deal. And Jesus is moving in my heart, and he's changing me. And every day, my wife and I are crying out to Jesus and saying, Oh, Jesus, change us, fill us. He's doing it. He's doing it. My name is Legion, he replied, for we are many. And into the pigs they went. Then the people of the town heard what had happened, and they came to see Jesus. See, when you get cleaned out of your demons, people are going to come and see you and say, what happened? You're not drinking anymore. You're not fornicating anymore. You're not shacked up with that person anymore. What happened? You're not combative anymore. You're not into yourself anymore. You're no longer fighting with your wife. You're no longer fighting with your husband. There's a a calmness in your heart. There's a peace in your spirit. There's a a well of, of a flood of tears that come out of your eyes as you look at the lost and the dying. Rescue. Rescue the sinner. Hope for the dying. That's what Jesus wants. He doesn't want you trapped where the demons have free access to your heart and to your life and come in and dwell in you and cause you to lust and cause you to be bitter and angry, and cause you to give up hope. Oh, the greatest dread and fear of my heart is that you who are so precious to me would somehow give up the fight, and you would stop. You would stop wrestling against the flesh. You would stop wrestling against the the principalities against the powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. You'd stop fighting against all of that and just roll over and say, well, the devil told me I was worthless anyway. Can I tell you, you're not worthless. You're the treasure of God. 
Now you can try and you can have some success. In a secular humanism, I trained for some time as a, as a pastoral counselor. I know the good a loving counselor can do in the life of a person. I've watched it. I know it. But I want to tell you, secular humanist can never cast out a demon and cannot even begin to compete with a demon. They will rule and win in every battle. This man He was now sitting, dressed in his right mind. They were afraid. What is a right mind for a person? A mind of joy, peace, of gentleness, of long-suffering. Or a person in their right mind. They're in love with Jesus. Am I saying that a person who is a secular humanist is not in his right mind? That's exactly what I'm saying to you. And the devil is making some kind of inroad into your heart. He may have already captured your thoughts so that you are a sex addict. But I put it another way. You're a cell phone addict. You have to check it 20 times a day. One person, they visited our home, and they forgot and left without their cell phone. A short time later, they came back. Panicked. Is my cell phone here? Where, where's my cell phone? Are you kidding Are you kidding me? Come to your right mind. Come to your senses. Or, pardon me, you've got to constantly check. You have the hiccups suddenly. You try to get rid of them. Thank you. Well, you go to the internet constantly. And you have to watch all of the videos about Donald Trump. Donald Trump is not your savior. And neither is any other political person or party. Entertainment is another place the devil comes so eagerly into your heart and into your life. And I watch people who just say, well, I'll just stay in the middle of the road. That won't get you to heaven. Only the narrow path will get you to heaven. Only the narrow path doesn't have room for demons. So you're going to have to move away from all of those things that have been giving you confidence, giving you trust. Throw them out like a minstrel cloth. as something bloody and dirty. You need the clean white robes of Jesus Christ. Now, tomorrow, I'm going to go into this issue. I'm going to read you one scripture today to help you understand where I'm going to go. Jesus suffered outside the city gate to make the people holy through his own blood. Let us then go to him outside the camp, that is, 
Leave behind your cell phone. Leave behind your internet. Leave behind your toys. Leave behind everything and get outside the camp and get quiet with Jesus. He says, let us then go to him outside the camp, bearing the disgrace he bore. For here we do not have an enduring city, but we are looking for the city that is to come. Through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise. The fruit of lips that confess his name. And do not forget to do good. Share with others. Now, I want to say one more thing to you. I want to go, and we're going to go in depth to this tomorrow. But I want to go to one more scripture. It's First John, the first chapter, verse 7. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus his Son purifies us from all sin. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. In other words, if we say, I don't need the blood of Jesus, I'm fine just like I am. He says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Now, please listen. The blood of Jesus Christ is active. It is not dead. It's the most powerful, the most powerful and wonderful thing in all of the universe. It is aggressive. If we receive the blood of Jesus by faith, that blood of Jesus will begin to eradicate all sin from our hearts. He will remove every sin from your heart. He will change you into his likeness. He will purify you. He will cleanse you. He will take away the devil's toys. He will take away from you the seduction of illicit sex. He'll remove from you every objection in your heart to the kingdom of Jesus Christ. You see, Jesus has a kingdom, and it is a powerful kingdom. And he wants to bring you into his kingdom. He wants you to seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And then he will provide everything you need. For a long time, I was taught that salvation came by hard work. And then I was taught the lie that salvation came by faith. And we didn't need to leave our sin. That was a lie. Salvation comes strictly by faith through the blood of Jesus. By faith that he will do all that he promised he would do. Now, you may not experience that right away. It may take some time for you to experience. But the blood of Jesus will cleanse you from all wickedness and all uncleanness. And as it says in Mark, the man who had been possessed by the legion of demons, sitting there, dressed in his right mind. And they were afraid. Those who had seen it told the people who, what had happened, and the demons fled the possessed man. He told them about the pigs as well. And then the people began to plead with Jesus to leave their region. You see, we love our demons. 
They're like little pets. And we carry them around with us. They're little pocket gods. Oh, they're not gods. They represent the demon powers control our life. Jesus healed this man and cast these demons out. A legion of them, maybe 2,000 of them. I don't know how many. And here he is now sitting, dressed in his right mind. They're afraid and they ask him to leave. Now, Jesus says, it's time for us to leave. And he goes to the boat with his disciples. And this man followed after Jesus and begged him to let him come and walk with him in the physical realm. But Jesus would not let him. He said, no, go home to your family. Tell them how much the Lord has done for you and and how he's had mercy on you. So the man went away, and he began to tell in the Decapolis, that is the ten cities, how much Jesus had done for him. And the people were all amazed. People were amazed. But you see, we don't want to go and walk with Jesus because we love our demons. We consider them Pokemon, pet demons, who bring some kind of pleasure to our hearts. Now, you don't need me to pray for your deliverance from the demons. Instead, you're going to have to get on your face before Almighty God. And you're going to have to confront these demons. And you're going to have to say, get behind me, demons. I believe in Jesus. And I'm going to go all the way through with him. Now, you may have no physical evidence that the demons have left. Stand by faith that they are in the process of running from Jesus. Begging Jesus. Let me stay here and take on the pigs. Well, there are plenty of pigs in America to be taken on. In the White House, in the Congress, in the Senate, there are pigs everywhere. And our nation has become a filthy habitation of pigs. Time for those pigs to be set in root, to be cast into the, to the lake and drowned. But that's not my job. That's Jesus' job. What I'm concerned about, am I willing to go through whatever is necessary for me to go through and for you to go through to be filled with the fullness of the Holy Spirit so that God's word flows from your heart and your life And you have a life of peace and joy, and you're clean before Almighty God. You're not touching any unclean thing. Jesus said, or the Father said, if you touch no unclean thing, I will receive you. Don't pretend to be somebody. Don't pretend that you can compete with somebody. Don't believe that you're Special. Let go of all your pride. I praise God. I thought I'd gotten rid of all of my self-confidence. Last night I began to speak with my wife about some biblical things. And you know what? I heard a sound in my voice that said I was self-confident. And after a few minutes had to speak to my wife and say, please forgive me for the sound of self-confidence you heard in my, my voice. You see, knowledge does not give me self-confidence. Jesus is my confidence. 
Whatever I need to go through, it's all right. Am I in pain? Yes. Is that okay? Yes. I trust him. Oh, I recognize that what I'm talking about will sound like foolishness to many of you. Because frankly, you love your demons. You love your sin. You don't want to get rid of your sin. You don't know how you'd manage if you if you couldn't do what you want to do when you want to do it. And so you've made up some religious rules that say, okay, I can't do this, I can't do that, but I'll stay in the middle. I can do anything there. But you can't. See, I'm not concerned about anyone or anything except what Jesus is concerned about. I'm concerned about what Jesus is concerned about. I'm concerned about his kingdom. I'm concerned about innocence and righteousness before him. I'm not concerned about, oh, I need a new car. Or, oh, I'm broken and I need to be healed now in the name of Jesus. Let's grow up in Jesus. Let's look to him. He's everything. Let's pray. Lord, I come speaking your word with boldness and love. I know there are many listening today who are tormented by demons. I ask you to give them the courage to go into the prayer closet and cry out to you and take a faith stand that your word is true and that you will wash them of every sin, that you will restore them from every wickedness. Lord Jesus, I thank you. I pray in your holy name. Amen. Pray for me. Pray for the fullness of the Holy Spirit for the National Prayer Chapel. Pray for conviction of all sin and every demon cast out in the name of Jesus Christ. I love you, my brother. I love you, my sister. Thank you for the wonderful words of encouragement and love that you have sent to me. Thank you for the amazing giving of your heart for this broadcast. You know I'm not going to pull back. I'm going to go deeper. The war is on. Are you being defeated or are you winning? I love you, my brother. I love you, my sister. You've been listening to Pilgrim's Progress. I'll talk to you soon. And I'm praying for you that God would do whatever he has to do to get your attention. Thank you. God bless you.